dive into a world of untold narratives with the podcast that explores the unseen quadrant of the Jahari window of our lives. Here, we uncover the hidden stories and unspoken truths of extraordinary individuals, revealing what others don't know about us, but what we know about ourselves. This is The Bottom Left Pain. Hey guys, and welcome to The Bottom Left Pain, where we dive deep into the hidden corners of our guests' lives. In this episode, we're joined by Devin, a man of diverse passions and profound insights from the challenges of ultramarathons to the intricate world of podcasting. Devin's journey is a mosaic of unique experiences. He shares not only his love for yerba mate, a South American tea, and running, but also opens up about his personal battles, including his road to sobriety and just the pursuit of a more authentic life. Join us as we explore how Devin's varied interests have shaped his life's path, offering lessons in consistency, overcoming adversity, and embracing vulnerability. Awesome. Well, Devin, honestly, it's so great to have you today. Um, thank you so much for jumping in to do this interview. Um, yeah, I think we can go ahead and just dive right into it, right? Um, let's go ahead and just kind of start off and, you know, can you briefly introduce yourself and share what, you know, you're comfortable telling us about just kind of your background and, you know, just things you might be interested in just who you are well thanks first Luis, for having me on your show uh it's it is an honor to be on uh i love your, your setup and everything you've got a really good uh you're an inspiration for me as a podcaster so uh i I'll, you know for you guys that are listening he's, he's doing a great job here and um i i to answer your other question though was about introduce myself i did kind of struggle to write a bio because it's like well what do i say about myself like right. you know like how do you describe yourself to people it's like because it depends on who's asking right because and this is what we'll i'm sure talk about later in this episode is that i have this whole thing about yerba mate which people don't know anything about and i don't usually tell a lot of people about it because it's like i gotta explain it and go all this thing and, it, and it's like then they ask all these kind of questions and it's like you know what like you don't really care i'm not gonna waste your time basically so right. as far as like introducing myself it's like well you know I'm Devin. I grew up in Arkansas. Like I live in Tennessee, got a wife and two kids, you know, just kind of the generic stuff. Right. Um, but there's a couple of things that I, I put on that one pager that I don't know, cause it's true and it sounds like attention getting, but I mean, it is true. Um, and, you know, I am a podcaster. Um, so that's, I'm sure we'll talk about. And then father, that's important to me. Um, because it's like, that's, my legacy and it, it, it's a lot of values in, in me and you know that's something another another thing another topic maybe but uh the other one is like ultra marathon runner so not maybe people nice. know what that is and that's a kind of crazy thing um but people that run a marathon and then run longer <laughs> so i kind of just got into that i know it sounds stupid but i didn't run at all i don't have a history of running i just was kind of one of those challenges and then it grew into a bigger challenge and i take a lot of that stuff that i do in that running aspect and apply a lot of that to life mm. it helps me in a lot of things, believe it or not, of applying some of those principles of just like, you know, just keep moving forward, progress, and also endurance of like resilience and stuff in life and all the problems and whatnot. And I apply a lot of those things to kind of my life. Uh, so I don't know, that's, I guess a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. Um, so a couple of things. Yeah. First off, like, I'm, I'm so glad you pronounced it. Yerba mate. I was going to ask like, cause I've heard, uh, I heard about this when I was in college, right? Like people were always drinking this for studying and stuff. And um, I was always curious because I wasn't too sure if people, it was pronounced uh, Yerba Mate or Yerba Mate. Oh, nice. Is that what it is? 
Yep, this is this is a tradition. Well, this isn't a traditional, but because it's glass, it's not made out of the actual like uh, gourd or the right, wood. Right. But but yeah, this is this is the mate and then the yerba in there, and this is called the bombisha or the, the straw. But uh, yeah, so nice. Well, actually, um, so on that too, like, so where, where does, does it originate from? Like Argentina, or where where does it originate from? Yeah, so this this could be a controversial topic, but uh, um, it, it's in that area that borders. Brazil, Paraguay, and Argentina is kind of like the mecca for uh, yerba mate. And people will, you know, where does it originate from? It's like, well, you know, it depends on, you know, who you're who's ask. asking, right? But yeah. uh, but it's it's mostly drinking in South Brazil, Paraguay, Argentina, and Uruguay as well. Um, there's other countries that do drink it, but that's kind of like, I guess you could say the where it starts from. So yeah, and on, and on that too. So what got you so interested in the specific drink, like? You know, was it like the flavor or just what, yeah, what brought you to, I believe you're like, you're, you're like an ambassador for them, right? Or, or something like that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Self-declared ambassador. Yeah. Oh, because, okay. uh, no, I mean, seriously though, it, this is kind of the whole thing of this podcast is like, and this hopefully encouragement to your, your guest as well as like following your passions, even if they sound silly, hmm. um, like me, you know, I'm a, I'm a white guy in the U S so I'm not Argentine. My wife's Argentine though. So it's like, well, what business do I have talking about Yerba Mate? Because it's not my culture. It's not my, you know, I didn't grow up with it, but right. I've adopted it all and learned it all from my wife. And so I, as her being part of my family, being part of me, it's like I embrace that and and, and take it as not, not as my own, but I, you know, if I'm describing this correctly, it's like, well, you know, it's not mine personally, but it's mine to share like with all these benefits that I've enjoyed and I want other people to experience those great things as well. So basically long story short is that I got into it because of my wife, basically, right. um, you know, her always drinking it. And so I started drinking it and all the health benefits and all the other cool stuff and cultural things that I've learned about it. And then I just basically created an Instagram page and started sharing because I felt like, okay, what do I do with this? And I always had this like back of my mind, you know, I should like, you know, do something with this. You know, what, what do I do? Like, do I start a, like a company and sell your mate or do I, you know, I don't know. So I just kind of started posting on Instagram about stories and whatnot. And then realizing there's a community and finding more people. Mm. And then that turned into a podcast that allows me to network with so many people throughout the world that you would never know otherwise. But putting it out there allowed me to find these people in the world, like in China, Vietnam, South Africa, mm-hmm. um, Trinidad and Tobago. I mean, places you would never think of. Um, that you're all passionate about this drink. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a lot of the people, especially like, yeah, completely. Like there's this guy in China that's like, you know, super passionate. And, and it's like, your mate has nothing to do with China, like at all. Right. Um, he just really loves Messi and messy drinks my day so that's basically it and um right. yeah um it's it's crazy right so when you i guess follow those passions you find other passionate people and i guess that's also encouragement because you're never alone you're not alone there's at least one other person out there um that enjoys it and and if maybe if it's just one then that's fine too you know, it doesn't have to be hundreds of people i think that's the what you know social media will want you to their version of success right versus you know, what are you successful? And so that's why I say you're a Mate ambassador because I really am promoting this throughout the right, world. Right. Like the podcast has been downloaded in like 38 countries. So, you know, I 
countries that I've not even been to. So, you know, uh, it's not like I, you know, have friends there. It's like just internet. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so the Yerba Mate or the marathon running, are these one of your, your secret passions? Like, have you talked to the world about this or, or what, what would that be? Well, they were bottom left panels until, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, until, I don't know, a uh, year ago, maybe. Mm, okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And that's, I think that's, it's interesting um, because, yeah, it's like no one can know until you say it, right? I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's this, at least for me, it's kind of not, not a shame necessarily, but I think this is something for most people is like their passions or things that they really like. They self-critique and thinking that the world is going to critique them on it or whatever, for whatever reason. Right. You know, it, 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 it could be anything, but you, you just assume like, hey, I don't fit in in this topic. Right. And that's why it's the world doesn't know about it because it's not obvious or whatever. And so as a mental thing of survival, you know, we don't want to stick out of the crowd too much because, you know, if you're ostracized and you're, you're cut off from the tribe and you die, but it doesn't mm -hmm. really happen. But that's our, you know, primitive brain or whatever. And so we kind of leave it here, I think, in that bottom left panel. Um, and then one thing I'm learning is just putting it out there more like, you know, it's funny how people actually encourage you more, it seems like. And then also it's like, I wasted, wasted my whole time in fear for nothing. And I think the other thing too, if, you know, people will say things and, and that's okay. Cause you know, not the whole world's not going to love you. I mean, if, if you want the whole world to love you, just sell ice cream, you know I mean? <laughs> uh, but you know, also I think, um, like that, um, the, the, I guess the other fear too, of like people, whatever. And un unfortunately the truth is most people are too self self absorbed in their own self to really give a crap about what you're doing. You know, it's like, but, you know, I'm not looking at you. I'm more concerned about my, my own hand in front of my face. Like, you know, I don't know, but, uh, it's just my own observations of me working through some of this stuff myself. Yeah. Okay. So then on that though, like what, what was it about these passions that, you know, made you want to keep them hidden though? Like, like why well, not start sooner? Yeah. And that, that's, I think that's the, the, my fear, whatever is like, okay, I don't fit into this box. And then like, you know, I could talk about your mate, maybe 10 people like it and it's like, you know, whatever, like, well, what's the point kind of thing. And also like, I don't know. I don't want to have to, it's like, you think people won't accept it or whatever. And then it's like, I don't want to have to explain it to my friends and family or whatever, right? It's like the people mm -hmm. closest to you is the ones that bother you the most. But in truth, they're probably the ones that are going to support you the most. It's like, at least in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. Because it's mm -hmm. like the, the the random strangers on the internet, let's say, they're the ones that are most supportive, right? In, in, in my mind. Because it's like, yeah, because they know nothing about me other than this thing. Right. right. But all my other friends, family know all of this stuff. They don't know this thing. So it's kind of, I don't know, a paradox there. Um, I think there's some, some kind of imposter syndrome as well involved of like, especially with like Yoramate and, and Marathon, at least in my, in, in, for me, because the imposter syndrome for me for Yoramate is like, well, yeah, I'm a white guy from the US, right? So what do I know about Yoramate, right? That's, mm -hmm. you know, and then as far as Marathon run, it's like, you know, I didn't do it in high school or college. I wasn't a runner and, you know, I'm not built like some, you know, athlete. I'm not, you know, a 
you know, Kipchoge or whatever, you know, running two hour marathons or anything. It's just, I'm just a normal guy that just enjoys it and not bad at it, but you know, it's like, you know, I'm no world record, you know, holder either, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's a weird thing of self promotion, you know, cause you want to be proud about something you do, but at the same time, you don't want to like be that guy that's like, Oh, look what I did. You know? Right. 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 I think that's, that's another paradox too. If you want to talk about the things to promote, but you also don't want to put yourself out there like one of those annoying ads. It's like, I've made $10 billion and here's how, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, so. Yeah. So on that too. So what did it feel like when you were able to start Yeah, showing this with the world? Like when you felt like, you know, hey, now's my time to start talking about this. Let, let people know what I'm into. So um, the podcast is anyways, it was a total serendipitous thing. So the, how it started is basically, I think it was, I don't know if it was during pandemic or not, but um, started posting on Instagram probably about two years ago. And just like, I'll just give it a shot. Why not? Right. I'll start a page and see what happens. And I made maybe like three or four posts and I was like, okay, this is stupid. What am I doing? You know, Mm -hmm. what a waste of time. And I just stopped for like a whole year. And then like a year later, we took a trip down to Bolivia. So this was last year. Um, and there is Yerba Mate down there. Um, it come kind of influencing from Argentina. And so found a, a store down there, checked them out. And I was like, you know what? I should post about this because this is interesting that it's here in Bolivia. And, you know, maybe do some reviews on some of the different Yerbas. And that was just basically my thinking. So I was like, and one of my friends kind of told me kind of the same thing. If you're passionate, why don't you just do it just for fun anyways, do a hobby or whatever. I don't know. Right. So, hey, okay, fine. You know, I just kind of started doing it. And then, and then of course it started to grow and it was like, huh, okay. So I just kind of kept doing it. And then, um, I did some Instagram lives, like, you know, talking with some people, just kind of having chats about, you know, Hey, why do you like your mind? Blah, blah, blah. You know, just doing basically this, except on Instagram live or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, then I realized, okay, well, this is fun. Number one, like, okay, well, I should do something with this. And, you know, you always, I think not everybody, but most people have like, you know, I should start a podcast about blah, blah, blah topic, but they never do anything right, right. with it. And so I just kind of posted it out there to, um, my followers, like, Hey, should I start a podcast or whatever? Just, just, I don't know, just see what happens. And so many people voted for it. Yeah. Oh, you should do it. It'd be great. Oh, I'd love it. I'm like, really? Like, you guys want to, a podcast about this like who's gonna listen to that like what a waste of time like you really want to listen to this for me talk about this for 30 minutes and to, in my mind because i'm i'm just so harsh on myself in, in that way um but realizing no it's providing a lot of value to people that have all these questions and want to know and they want to hear about your experience they want to hear your story like they they want to hear your story like tell your story like don't shortcut it like um it's something I'm learning too of like, just like, oh yeah, you're about to whatever. Like, no, they want to know like, how, how did you get into it? Why, why do you like it? What do you like, think about this? And so just the more doing that and finding more people and networking with more people because having more people on guests and um, stuff and it just kind of started taking off, you know, I mean, still very early in the stage, but I'm saying it's, the growth has been pretty amazing. So I don't know if that answered, that was a really long, sorry. No, you, honestly, that's question? great. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like that, that first off, like just it, it still is really interesting to me how this can all just come from one drink, you know, like 
to me, it was just something that people were drinking in college. I maybe had like, I had it a couple of times just to kind of, you know, study here and there just because everybody was trying it. But to hear that you're so mm-hmm. passionate about this, like it, it really puts things into perspective, like, especially to right? you talking about how a lot more people were interested than, than you thought it might've been because, you know, everybody's story wants to be told and everybody has questions about it. Like you never really know what, what people are going to be into. Right. Um, and it does make me wonder too, like, you know, <laughs> um, I haven't had again, your mate in like since, since college, like a few years ago, but like, you know, like what, what flavors out there? Like what, what's your favorite? Sure. Well, um, selfish, I mean, shameless plug. Um, I did an episode about my like top five recommendations and stuff okay. and that my personal favorites and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, anyways, the, as far as flavors wise, there's, there's not really, there are some that are flavored. So I'll be straightforward. A lot of people usually don't like it their first time cause it's kind of bitter. It's a bitter green tea basically is the best way to describe it. Right. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, and I say this too, is like people drink black coffee or drink, you know alcohol that tastes like crap and you know and and they get used to it you know it's kind of like that accustomed taste like you know it's so i I guess i kind of throw that comment aside because like oh just because you tried it once doesn't mean you're you know can't just completely stop trying it but um as far as like i forgot the original question you were talking about flavors and stuff and getting it but uh what what other what other question was there yeah just to kind of like what your favorite flavor was like what kind of flavors Uh are out there like i mean yeah, like anything about like, you know, what, what, what it tastes like really to somebody that might not have tried it before, right? I mean, you're yeah. kind of touched up on it, but. Yeah. And, and, and so I guess just a, another thing too, like Anna Park is one of my current number ones, which is, it's an organic Yerumate from Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, but because now it's getting big in the U.S. now, there's a couple different companies and stuff that uh, do sell it here in the U.S. Um, and especially up where you are in New York, there's a lot more in the Northeast like companies there's several up there in new york um that that started businesses and stuff there's one in philadelphia there's um like two or three in new york there's one in new jersey um so there's toma so shout out to toma he's in new jersey um there's circle of drink in new york there's um the Ramate lab in new york there's yerba crew in philadelphia and there's several in florida even out in california but yeah so uh, okay so it's it, it, so, is not I'll be honest with you. I thought it was a brand in itself. No, there's whole kinds of, it's just like coffee, right? In in the sense of uh, it's the, the tea, it's the loose leaf tea, right? Basically. And so the brands are going to be just like Folgers or Nespresso or whatever, right? Got so it. Okay. And a part of one of those brands, there's CBC, there's Taragui, there's, uh, Guayaki, Playerito, there's a Guayaki, yeah. um, yeah, and there's all kinds of, and there's now, especially in the U.S., there's a lot of the canned, like energy drink yerba mate. So that's kind of usually the easier way for most Americans to get into it versus the whole traditional way because it's a little more complicated and all that stuff. And so, yeah, guayaki, clean cause, yerba. Uh, um, there's a couple others I found I can't think about off the top of my head. Uh, Icaro is in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just a couple that I know off the top of my head. Uh, there's another one. I can't remember the name, but yeah, there's a couple different ones. Uh, yeah, that's so funny though, because like I, Boyaki yeah. is obviously the biggest name by far. Yeah, I was about to say that's the, the only US, one that I know sure. about. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest name by far in the U.S. And you really learn something new every day. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, like this this Koyaki, this brand, like was like 
what it was. Yerba Mate was so specific to them. But um, yeah, I guess, can you give me a little bit more uh, like history behind like what Yerba Mate actually is then? Because obviously like, you know, somebody like me could just be like, oh yeah, Goyaki, like it's the only, it's the only thing we know about, right? Yeah, so here, one quick second, I'll show you one bag that I have. Speaking yeah, of no part. problem. Um, so it's, it's like I said, it's kind of like a loose leaf. I mean, green tea is about the best way I can kind of describe it. I'll try to, I don't know if you do anything with the video, but there's like some of it, if you can see. There, okay. Kind of like what it looks like as far as. Almost looks like oregano. Like a bag, yeah. Well, that's the thing is this is the bag like it comes in uh, uh-huh. for Anna Park and comes in a half kilogram or a kilogram bag. So that's the other misconceptions in a lot of videos and explaining like people thinking I'm, you know, doing some kind of marijuana or something or whatever, because it's, I got a half kilo bag of, of suspicious looking, you know, oregano or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, so um, that's, you know, a common misconception of stuff, especially when you're, you're drinking it like this and filling up water and stuff. So uh, anyways, that's a common, I guess, running joke and whatever. But um, it's 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 called Ilix Paraguinensis. Paraguinensis is like the scientific term for yerba mate. Um, but basically it comes off of a tree, it's leaves, a holly kind of type of leaf. So it's not the same as like tea leaf, I guess, in that sense. Um, but it has caffeine. It has, you know, vitamins like, um, yeah, it's got like A, B, and some other um, magnesium and, and other stuff in, in it, like uh, all the antioxidants is what I'm saying. It has a lot of antioxidants like green tea, but you still get a good amount of caffeine. And it also has theobromine and theophylline, which theobromine is in uh, cacao or chocolate. So you get this euphoric you know, feeling and the feel feeling. And so it's the way that the caffeine is released is a more steady and clarity versus just like a punch of uh, crash and jitters and right. no offense to coffee, but that's, you know, that kind of the, the whole crash switch there. And that's yeah. the whole thing is like, it's not a crash. It's not a jitters. It's, it's a sustained kind of almost calming energy um, and clarity. And that's kind of mm. the huge benefits that for me personally, health benefits in that is the reason I'm, personally like it and, and can help convince people to get to give it a try but deeper way 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 deeper than that it started by um, indigenous people called guarani which are native to like kind of that region especially in paraguay that that's actually the native well let me put it this way that's one of the official spoken languages in paraguay is guarani mm-hmm. um so not spanish uh, they do speak spanish of course but guarani is the one of the official languages so that uh, indigenous people uh, started drinking it, you know, and then the Jesuits that came in from Europe um, and, you know, converted the people and everything, they adopted the Yermate and they kind of spread it all over, um, commercialized it, I guess, back in the day, essentially, to where it is today. Um, and that's, I guess, the kind of history of it. Um, but also the one thing that I always try to explain to Americans that don't fully get it, or not even just Americans, but people that are not from a Yerba Mate culture, right. is that, so this this is the mate, and like you just fill it with water. So me, I'm the person who starts, if, if I'm the person that's starting, I'm called the cebador. 
which is the person that prepares the mate. I drink the first one and then I pass it to you. So oh, interesting. whoever, however many people are with us, one, two, three, ten, I'm the person that prepares it for everyone. So I'm like the host and we share the, the same straw, which I know freaks most people out, but it's, it's the communal aspect of it. It's the connection. It's the, um, that's why it's deeper than that too. And that's the like bond, I guess you could say, because we're literally, you know, sharing DNA, I guess you could say, you know, it's like we literally connected right. in it. I know it sounds kind of whatever gross to most people are, I guess, but you know, people share other things and don't even think about it. I actually had someone on, it's like, I've seen women share lipstick and there's of course guys that, you know, share joints and stuff like that. And you know, you share a drink and like, why is this any different? It's just the kind of like the cultural stigmas or whatever. Not saying that you have to share the bombilla to enjoy it, but that's the cultural part to explain it as right. far as the connection and uh, connecting to ancestry, but also connecting to history and the person with you, of course, and having it's just like any other thing that we do together. Like it, it's a shared experience that allows us to connect and have conversations and stuff. And that's kind of like the extra beauty about it. And especially because now that it's literally throughout the world, it's like, you know, now you can connect with people you know, all over the world over a drink, essentially. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I would have never guessed that there was this whole like ritual behind it like that, right? Like almost like the peace pipe where you're just kind of passing it around, right? Yep. Um, mm -hmm. Like, so what, like, how, how has this, not only just the Yerba Mate in itself, right? But like the podcast too, like how has this like influenced like your relationships with people, right? How, how have you been able to use it as, as your ritual, right? Like passing around this information of the Yerba Mate? Yeah, so it's allowed me to, well, a platform, I guess, right. to communicate whatever. Um, you know, yeah, it's about Yerba Mate, but I realize it gives me a platform to communicate essentially about whatever I want. Mm -hmm. This is just the the vehicle, I guess you could say, right? Okay, yeah. Um, or the the stage or whatever. It's it's not necessarily just about Yerba Mate as far as like, yeah, I can go into all the how-tos and stuff, but it's also allowed me to talk about other things as far as rituals and habits and whatnot. Um, I actually celebrated a year of sobriety from, from alcohol. And I was on another podcast called that sober guy podcast. Um, he's a big deal, but because I was able to share my one year of like sobriety and how Yerba Mate played a part in that, in the sense of having a positive outlet of replacing bad habits with good habits. So in other words, I drink an alcohol, drink this, you know, instead of, you know, using my wasted energy, I, I used kind of my creative energy to, I mean, the podcast and everything else. And it's kind of like some of those things and tying that in, that makes sense. Um, and so also talking about, you know, marathons, right. And athletic performance and endurance and how there's studies about your mate, you know, and that it can, you know, help athletic performance. You know, it's, 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 you know, the studies are kind of, how can I say not, not inconclusive, but there's no hard evidence, but I can still talk about that. And well, here's what I've experienced, whether the science is out there or not, I drink it, I run. I mean, here's what, how I feel not saying I'm in a doctor by any means, because I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm a professional athlete because I'm not, but this is just my shared experience, my personal experience. And this gives me a, a outlet for that. So, and even talking about this, allowing me to be on a talk about your hidden passions or whatever. It's like, this is just the thing. Does that make sense?
yeah, no, okay. So I'm, I'm kind of interested too. And you talked about how the two can be related, right? Like, or how the Yerba Mate has been able to help you with your running and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm also curious about that and like how you got into that. Um, just in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, like, so is this like the magic pill to help me start running? Right. Like <laughs> talk to me a little bit about, you know, what, what it, what it's done for you in, in helping you with that aspect of, of like the running part of your life. Yeah. So it, my wife and I drink it first thing in the morning. That's just kind of the ritual. And also it's just the same thing as anybody drinks a coffee first thing in the morning, but it's this instead. So that kind of like is my anchor, I guess you could say for my starting my day. And then I usually run afterwards and, you know, because they're kind of tied, you know, I can, I can definitely tell you when I haven't drink every Monday, same thing. Like if you hadn't had your coffee this morning, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, I'm foggy or whatever versus, you know, or how you're feeling, right. The more, you know, whatever. Um, so there's that. And then, um, also like, um, I mean, cause you're, you're drinking water. So I, I mean, I can't prove, but as far as hydration and, and stuff like that. And I think just in general, a little bit of caffeine. I mean, there's, there's studies on that too, about, because obviously it gets your blood flowing and things like that. So, you know, to help you, your body move, you know what I'm saying? To get, get you going. Right. But, right. you know, versus, you know, if it makes you run faster, I can't, you know, I don't <laughs> that. but obviously you're, you're, you're more present and obviously your blood's kind of, you know, your system's going, I guess. So, right. you know, as far as that goes, I mean, that's, you know, one thing for sure. Um, you know, I can say, you know, but yeah. Okay. So let's, let's kind of shift, shift into this, right? Why did you get into running? Like, you know, yeah. Talk to me a little bit more about that. So something in my life, I think, and this is something maybe in general for most people too, when you have those challenges, once you surmount them or just, it's uncomfortable, but then after you do it, then you're like, huh, it wasn't so bad. I didn't die. And then it challenges you to grow bigger and do something better. So I basically for my 30th birthday did a half marathon just on a whim, mm -hmm. uh, because I had a professor at the time that used to run Ironmans and do all these things. And he had all these medals and stuff and hanging in, in the back of his office. And I just asked him about it. There happened to be a half marathon basically in the town where we were living, um, on my birthday. So I was like, be my birthday challenge or whatever. I just, just right. go with it. Ran a half marathon. I didn't die. You know, I didn't do great. Obviously I finished it though. That's all that mattered. Right. And then I was like, well, I didn't die. I wonder what, what a marathon would look like. And it probably took me about another year and a half before I actually stepped up to try that challenge. But then after I did the marathon, I was like, well, I didn't die. Um, it sucked a lot. And I'm not going to lie to you, but okay, I can do it. Finished it. And there's like 1% of people in the whole earth that can say that um and so it's like well you know then like i said the whole applying a lot of things in, in life about just training consistency you know overcoming obstacles and just enduring even when it sucks and like so i guess seeing all that stuff and also help just running it's anything physical really i think helps give you some some clarity and get some kind of good energy going in general whatever that is for you but running has just been a good thing for me and that's just i just keep doing it i guess because when I stop doing it, I feel one way. I feel like crap. And then when I do it, you know, not that I'm not tired, but I feel a lot better about myself and, you know, all the positive things that go with that, you know, when you're in a better state of mind or better okay. state of being. So on that, right. Half marathon didn't kill you. Yeah. So you just did it on a whim, right? I'm curious. Did you do yeah. any kind of training before that? 
Like, no. or did you, oh, you no. just got up and you're like, you know, let's no. do this. Yeah. I had some like Walmart shoes, some gym shorts and like a long sleeve shirt. Cause it was kind of cold that day. Um, it was, it was actually 29th is my birthday. So, uh, it was, yeah, it was like, you know, whatever it was four years ago. Um, and, uh, so yeah, um, yeah, I totally just basically my, my professor said, well, you just got to jog for two hours. And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, fair enough. Like, and that's basically what I did. Uh, and I, you know, and that in my mind, that's all I knew. So I didn't like overthink it. I just like, well, I just got to go out there and just jog for two hours. Basically. Jeez, okay. That's kind of crazy. But, you know, I, mean, I didn't train gotta... for it at all. Um, yeah. And then obviously, yeah, for the marathon, I definitely trained because it's, it's a whole different beast, but Right. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't train at all. Um, I'm definitely saying you should. Uh, but the half marathon is a little more forgiving than the full uh, as far as like, you know, time and distance. Right. Um, so. So then, OK, so you said you did the half marathon, the marathon, and then earlier you talked about doing ultra marathons. So what? Yeah. No. What's the what's the difference there? Like how many more miles is that? Anything, anything over 26.2 really is technically ultra. I think I think officially after 27, it's officially ultra. But, you know that that's the thing is like it doesn't really matter uh but there are people that do 100 miles 200 miles just ridiculous things yeah the furthest i've ever done was 46 and i did it like overnight for like 10 hours uh, sorry so, 46 yeah. miles yeah 46 miles yeah yeah what was yeah. that like like what was your body feeling like i can only imagine it was long um <laughs> and i was tired because it was overnight that was the worst part actually uh, right believe it or not it was just staying up um, and believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy, but I was less sore, less like I felt better actually after finishing that 46 that I did after my last marathon. In other oh, words, okay. I guess because you're, you're not running fast the whole time. Sometimes you're even walking. So just to be, I didn't run 46 miles the whole time, right? Right, right, right. Just, just declaring that, you know, I walked, stopped, you know, ate, you know, you drink, you know, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, uh, so that's one thing, but I felt more refreshed because you have to kind of pace yourself too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that, too, what's it like kind of doing this overnight? Like, are you running with like flashlights? Like, do you have people like kind of behind you, oh, like in was, a car or something? Yeah. Like, no, it was on a horse track, so I was running like half mile loops all night, hamster wheel kind of thing, and it was no way. Know, brightly staged and light and everything. So it wasn't. It was for forty six no. miles. You ran around yeah. a track. I wasn't alone, so there was a whole ton of people out there, and it was kind of a somewhat of a you know event and everything but yeah that's crazy it was definitely, the hamster wheel thing is is, is definitely annoying so I, I will say this um just just so i'm not completely crazy um there's other people that do this but the the, the running ultra thing it's a thing um but i've i personally so i i didn't my last marathon and i hated it um so i didn't exactly enjoy it um and because I was trying to achieve like a time, basically. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets into that mentality of like, you have to finish it in a certain amount of time. But the truth is, it doesn't matter. No one gives a crap about your time. Like, right. you're not winning any awards. And, and for me, if I was competing professional, maybe then I'm just a normal guy, right? And so that's when my experience kind of sucked. So I chose to make make my miles matter. In other words, when I run now, I mean, when I do a big event like that ultra, I did it to raise funds and awareness for um, like to end human trafficking mm, uh, okay. organization that I partnered with. And so that gave me an extra reason or passion for doing it because it had nothing to do with running 46 miles. It was to like essentially get attention and, and, and not in a 
it's, it's, I feel like I have to explain this, but it's like, I'm not really, it's not about me running. It's, it's, it's to get you to look at me and ask, well, why are you doing this? Here's why. Right. right. And, and that's that the bigger that's, cause that's why I'm saying, you know, it's a bigger cause. Like, you know, it's not look at me. It's like, Hey, look over here. This is why kind of thing. You know, I guess, does that make yeah. sense? No, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the running, the running is to get the attention, but the attention mm -hmm. is being diverted to the cause. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on that, right. I, a question that I had was, you know, you talked about how you use some of these, like, things that you've learned from running like in your everyday life, right? So what are some of those things that you've now had to, uh, like these lessons that you kind of move into the life? Biggest thing would be consistency. Hmm. Um, and I, this is true for like everything in life, I think personally, because I see it so much. It's producing a podcast episode consistently coming through every week, no matter what, rain or shine, you know, you, you and I both know if, if you record a couple ahead of time, you, you can you can get ahead of yourself so you don't uh -huh. have to do it. Like you can take a week off and still get it done. But the thing is you were consistent. You put in the work before so you can take some time off later or whatever, right? Same thing with anything else you do in life. You know, if you keep showing up consistency, you know, keep showing up consistent, doing the thing you have to do, you'll get your reward, you know, whatever that is. And so with running the same thing, like you don't just – go out and run a marathon. Like, I guess you could, it'll suck completely. And I mean, I mean, technically you, you can, I mean, you could walk a marathon and you, I've seen people do it, but I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, you want to get better at it. you got to keep putting in effort. You got to keep training, whatever it is. Right. And so even myself, after I finished that 46 miles, I basically took a whole month off and did like nothing. Like, have you seen the movie? Like, uh, I think it was Endgame, where like Thor just goes mm -hmm. off to the Island and retreats and binges for like a you know a month and they're like yeah what? yeah basically that's why i did it's just like my life sucks i hate this i'm done i'm not gonna run again ah, you know woe is me you know <laughs> and then after finally uh, you know wallowing for a little while and then get back out and run and i'm like oh my goodness like i'm so out of shape after just a month of not doing anything right it's like how quickly you can atropathy is that the right word um where that's like the true. muscles weaken and stuff but uh in other words, like you get out of the routine and then how quickly that momentum will stop. Mm -hmm. You know, the ball keeps rolling until you stop pushing and it'll go for a little while. And then after a while, you got to start all the way over again and pushing it back uphill. And right. that's basically what happened to me is like, okay, I was running, you know, 46 miles or whatever. And I was running at this pace. And then after taking that month off, it's like, it was like I had never ran before. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. man, like this, I should be doing twice this fast and, you know, twice this long. And it's like, I'm. I'm done, you know, like, and it right. took a whole nother about a month of putting in work to finally get back to kind of like where I sort of was, you know? So, uh, yeah, just to stay in motion, I guess, stay consistent, keep doing whatever you're doing, even if it's just whatever simple thing it is, it doesn't matter. It's like that one thing is if you just keep doing it. Like, you know, mm. it doesn't have so to I... be this huge thing, but you just focus on the basics, I think. Yeah. So on that too, you know, you talked about like, you know, moving from your phase from this, this, this Thor, right, in Endgame to, you know, and all of a sudden now being into ultra marathons and everything. I'm curious, earlier you talked to about, like, you know, you becoming, uh, you recovering from your addiction and everything. Was either the, um, the Irma Mate or the running, like, was this really key to, you know, becoming sober and also helping with your recovery? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and it's giving you, like, you know, using some, some, energy in a positive way, I guess, you right. know, for sure. 
Um, I, I will say, you know, I, I'm a man of faith, so I definitely believe, you know, God, and that's my whole keeping me to be able to do it. So I guess I just want to say it's not just me and sheer willpower and stuff. And I have accountability. There's a, another group of guys that I, you know, I message with often. But, you know, it really just kind of started as a challenge to, like, just go for a year, see if you can make it a year, essentially. And, you know, I had had so many bad experiences with alcohol in my life that I found, you know what, enough is enough. Like, I'm tired of waking up feeling like this, and I got a family to take care of. I, I got to be more responsible. Like, I got two little kids. Like, I, I can't be living this kind of life. This is not the man I want to be, right? This is not mm-hmm. the man I should be or, or I want to be, personally. Like, I got to do this for myself. I got to do this for them. I got to do this for other people. Like, and so that, I guess it's just all those layers of things. And it wasn't like, I guess just to say that encouragement for people that think you have to be like some, you know, like, super addicted guy that's laying cracked out on the street and go through a 12 step program. Like I didn't do any of that stuff and I wasn't this super horrible monster, like, you know, that was skipping work and just going getting drunk or anything. But, um, I still wasn't who I wanted to be, you know, it's like, so I guess you don't have to be this super evil monster and go through this program. Like you can just stop. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this. Like, I, you know, I want to be this person. So just go for that. And, you know, uh, I guess putting something positive, replacing bad habits with good habits, I guess, you know, if, if, if at all possible, I think that's, you know, something. So instead of, you know, staying out late or whatever, I go to bed early and I get up early and go work out like in that running. So therefore, because I'm tired and I got up at five in the morning, I'm not going to stay out till 10 because it's like, I'm done. Like, you know, so right, I'm not going to yeah. be at that party <laughs> because I'm already asleep. Like, yeah. Um, so on that too, like, you know, it sounds like you must have needed a lot of support while you were doing all this and especially too now that you continue to do all this so what does your support system look like as you kind of either um you know moved into your your recovery phase and also to just um uh you know like still working with these these passions right yeah so as far as the sobriety it's, it's actually a pretty simple system i have this thing or this app it's called like i am sober um mm-hmm. and i check in it's just an app you check in and there's like your pledge basically the reason why you're doing it which i wrote out my why uh, pretty simple of just like, you know, family's important. It's costing me energy and finances. Uh, and that's my extra layer of like, you know, hey, if I save, even if it's, you know, one drink a month, that's like, I'll say, let's say, that, let's say that's five to 10 bucks. Like, well, that five or 10 bucks per month. And then I can use that for something else. I can go buy some more running shoes or something, you know, like, right, right. so it's like, that's an extra thing. But yeah, just check in pledge like i'm gonna stay sober today and then at the end of the day it reminds you again it's automatic it notifications whatever and that's okay i'm sober today so there's that and then there's this group of guys that just kind of message you know um and then just talking about it i guess letting more people know like at first i was kind of careful to say it like i told my wife and maybe like my brother and you know maybe two friends that i knew were already like sober or whatever just to let them know but at first i didn't want to make it like public because what if i like slip or whatever you know and then it's like and then so i just started talking about it more about six months and then 10 months and then now a year to like okay now it's like now more people just complete strangers like you and everybody else knows it's like well you know i can't go back and not that i want to but you know um i guess it's like a way of saying? holding like, yourself accountable right yeah exactly so that as far as accountability and that and then podcast obviously if an episode doesn't show up well hey what's going on right so it's kind of like you know, I have this audience depending on me, essentially, in, in my mind. I mean, I'm not saying that they are, but in my mind, it's like, well, I told them I was going to do this, so I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, um, 
yeah, I guess those are the main things. And then with racing or with marathons or whatever you want or for running, it's like the easiest thing there is just picking a race, like a date on a calendar. Um, I've heard this from this Spartan talk or whatever, you know, the Spartan race, it's mm-hmm. like put a date on the calendar. That's the easiest form of accountability that's going to happen because, okay, even if you do it two years from now, whatever date you have on that calendar, it's going to get closer and closer. And you may put it off for a while, but one day that day is going to come where that race happens and you're mm-hmm. either going to perform or you're going to get your butt kicked. And then you're going to realize, all right, like I got to get it together. So mm-hmm. it's going to happen whether you want it to or not, like just picking that date. And even for myself, like I'd had that ultra marathon plan for like six months. I wasn't really training until it started getting closer and closer. And I was like, I'm not prepared. Like I got to get this together, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of touched up on it a little bit, but like what kind of advice would you give to people that like, you know, are, are still trying to find their voice, right. And, and wanting to, mm-hmm. to talk about their hidden passions and also like just try something new. It's a great question. Um, and I know it sounds stupid and simple. Well, maybe not stupid, but it, it sounds, you know, I think you're overthinking it because I'm saying this to myself, just, just try, just do it. Mm-hmm. Cause there's never going to be a right time to do it. There's never going to be a right day or moment. Like I'm sure you, you know, when you started your podcast, the same thing, probably Pat and his episodes, you know, was, was like, just pick a date, you know? four months from now, six months from now, six weeks from now, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's like, just commit to it. Just whatever it is, make, just make your commitment today. I'm going to start whenever you're going to start. Doesn't mean you have to start today. Although the sooner the better, right. uh, just commit and just do it. Um, and figure it out along the way. Cause you're never going to have all the information. You're never going to have it all figured out. Just you got to start now. Like the first episode you record is going to suck and that's okay. Um, the first exercise you do is going to suck and that's okay. Like, just keep going. Like, I I don't know, like just give it a shot and lower your expectations because you know, whatever you're doing for the first time, it's not going to be perfect and it shouldn't be because if it were, then well, what have you been doing the whole time? You know? Yeah. Right. Right. But, uh, so I don't know, just, just do it, I guess. And if you need inspiration from maybe, you know, what I did too was, and Instagram at least is you can find, you know, just search for other accounts. You'll stumble across someone somewhere that's doing more or less what you want to do, uh, probably more than anything. Cause you know, with the internet, you know, it's easier than ever to just put your stuff out there. Anything, so, yeah. so, I mean, whatever you're into underwater basket weaving, if you type it in there, there's <laughs> probably at least one other guy that's posting on Instagram about underwater back and basket weaving. And then, you know, you guys connect and go whatever, you know, so. Right. So moral of the story. Yeah. We've got to look into underwater basket weaving. That's the thing. Yeah. There's, <laughs> as much as people talk about it, there's got to be like this whole like super elite group of underwater basket weavers Somewhere, that right. make like, you know, underwater swan, you know, baskets <laughs> and stuff, you know. You know, but I, I love that. Honestly, I think I think that's that's kind of the right way to go. Right. Like even even too, as you talk about that, like I think about, yeah, just doing this podcast and everything like it, it's it's really just you have to have to try and start somewhere. Um, start somewhere. And and on that too, you know, so how do you envision the process of becoming like more authentic and like opening up about the the hidden aspects of your life and these hidden passions? Like what impact do you hope it'll have on, on you and those around you? Yeah. So this has been tough. I'll be honest uh, to slowly to be more and more authentic because 
I, and I'll be honest too, because I don't want to share everything on the internet. You know what I'm saying? I don't right. post too much about my kids because I think about it like, unfortunately, the world's a dark place. And especially if I'm doing anti-child human trafficking, I kind of don't really want to put my kids on the internet. You know, like I, I, this is just the way my mind works is because of like, like I'm not ignorant, but at the same time, like I want to be wise, I guess. So I don't talk about everything necessarily that pertains to me, but I do try to be more vulnerable, like my sobriety and talking about that on my episode. And I talked about kind of like overcoming fears and doubts. I ex just basically expressed my own fears and doubts of this thing, things that we just kind of talked about and like being more human, I guess, with your audience allows because everybody's fighting a battle that you know nothing about. Like, I think I took that from Tim Ferriss who took it from someone else, but, uh, you, you just don't know what someone else, no one else is perfect. No one else got it together. Like the more real you are, the more people are going to understand. Like, and if you go first, it gives someone else the permission to go second. Like if you just put yourself out there, that'll give someone else the courage. Like, okay, he admitted it. He said it. So I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one screwed up. Like, no, that's the lie. We believe that we're the only one. Like, like, man, I've been meaning to, you know, start a podcast or oh, I've been meaning to quit drinking. You know, it's like now that he said it, Oh, great. Cause like, this is a normal guy. This isn't some, you know, crackhead, you know, like this is just a normal guy that, that you know, whatever, you know, like the stigma or whatever. And like, okay. Um, if he can't, I can't, I mean, I, I try to say that like, look, I'm nothing special. Like I just put forth the effort and, you know, I mean, I do have some skills, I guess, as far as, you know, I'm, I'm not as, um, you know, some people may be more afraid to, you know, be on camera or something, for example, like that doesn't really bother me as much in those. So I'm saying like some things I can use my strength, I guess. And, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, if you don't do it, like I'm not saying I love my voice either, but after you talk and you listen to enough of your own episodes after, you know, recording and editing and stuff, you realize hey, I don't sound as dumb as I think I sound, you know, and, right. and, and besides, like, people aren't criticizing you as much as you are, right? Like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I'm brain dumping some stuff here, but. Uh, no, it's great. I think, yeah, I, I think it. it's, I think it's just, you know, once again, just to start and, um, you know, you don't have to be, put your whole life out there as far as authenticity, you know, you can just share parts of, you don't have to share your whole, I guess that's to go back to the original question and you can do it little by little. You don't have to, you know, just throw everything out there. Um, you know, I let little parts of my story, you know, come out and whatnot. And, you know, obviously with wisdom, I don't share everything about, you know, what I do for work and all that stuff. Cause it doesn't matter. It's none of your business, but, but also it's like, eh, that's not really what I'm talking about here. That's like, it's more of me versus, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? No. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and on that too, you brought up a, a, a big point, right? Like there's so much stigma around, like when you talk about things sometimes, right. And especially when it comes to recovery. So if you have any advice for people about like handling that stigma and, and wanting to talk about that, like, you know, what, what could you give them? I know you said like, just do it for some things, but you know, what, what in the case of, what about in the case of like, something that's a little more sensitive like this yeah i mean if you know someone that's a good friend i would say probably start there and as far as sobriety specifically i mean that sober guy podcast he's he's a really great inspiration um his podcast i, I highly recommend um uh shane raymer I, i'd reach out you know i'm sure he'd be glad to he has a whole 30-day challenge and all kinds of other stuff on his website so um just 
is a, is a simple practical resource. But I would say just in general, yeah, probably, you know, you've got some close friend somewhere um, or maybe someone that you know of that's already going through something or whatever. And, you know, it, it's hard to find, you know, who's trusted. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I think if you let a little information, you know, if you don't completely trust them and see what happens, you know, before they tell everybody and their friends, you know, then obviously, you know, you can't. But hopefully you have at least, you know, one other trusted person in your circle somewhere that you can. Uh, reach out to about whatever it is, you know, um, you know, but if you never tell anyone, then, you know, there's nothing, I don't know. It's just hidden. It's not helpful. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I love that. That was, that's great. Um, yeah, it really has me thinking about like, you know, the struggles of what people go through, especially too, when it comes down to recovering from something like this, um, not, not where I expected the conversation to go, but I, I appreciate, you know, what you had to offer. Um, I promise I'll let you go. So this is kind of the last thing I do right on the show. I would like to just kind of ask these random questions just to kind of like take away from um, the seriousness of the conversation about like, you know, the hidden part of your life and everything and just to kind of, you know, just uh, cleanse the palate a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the question I have for you today is okay. what person would you want as your life coach and motivator? And what? That's a deep question and tough. Um, So the first person that just came to my mind was Ben Franklin. Mm. Um, And obviously he's not alive anymore. So it's, you know, it's a hypothetical question, right? But uh, I've always been a fan of Ben Franklin because um, we talked about this before. I think we recorded about all these curiosities. Um, He was an ambassador to the U.S. I mean, he helped fund the, uh, found the, you know, Declaration of Independence. He started a, the first basically fire um, club or what, I mean, basically started the profession of, you know, firemen, I guess, because uh, libraries and stuff. He started a basically public library. He helped found a university, I think. Um, you know, obviously all his science experiments with, you know, electricity and stuff with the kite and all that. But uh, he was also a avid swimmer he, and, and stuff like people don't know about it. It's like all these random things that you're like, man, I would have loved to meet this guy. And so just like, how did he, you know, come from basically just a random guy that, you know, worked in his like brother and dad's like printing press office to, you know, write books and be an ambassador and swim and, and, you know, whatever learned French and went to France. And, you know, like I just, and this was back in, you know, 1700s, like, you know, like, yeah, I want to learn from that guy, you know, so I don't know. That's just the first person I thought of because the things he did and cool is like, man, yeah. So interesting. I would have never guessed, but like, yeah, Benjamin Franklin, what a guy. <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, I mean, $100 bill. I mean, dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. For something, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much today. I honestly appreciate the conversation. Um, you know, can you just talk about, you know, where people could find you if they wanted, you know, learn a little bit more about the Yerba Mate running, like any, anything like that? Yeah. So, well, thanks, Luis, for, for having me on. It's been an honor. It was, it was really fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Be happy to do something like this again, or I would love to have you on if you if you want to. Um, but Yerba Mate Power is on Instagram, so like at Yerba Mate Power, mm-hmm. um, and got YouTube there too. It's it's about all I'm working with there. Um, and the Yerba Power podcast is the podcast which is streaming everywhere. Uh, most people are either Apple or Spotify, but you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, so if you feel what, if you want to send me a message at any time, probably the most active on the Instagram of your Power as far as like 
responding to messages and whatnot. Um, so feel free, you know, to message me there. I don't mind. Um, the YouTube, I mean, I, I don't really know how to connect with people. Like I don't, you can't really message, you know, so that'd probably be the best thing. And then, uh, of course the podcast, if anybody's wants to be, I guess, you know, just reach out to me. I don't think anybody and everybody's welcome. So awesome, David. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the bottom left pane. If you enjoyed our journey into the unseen stories today, don't forget to follow us on social media at Bottom Left Pain on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our show on any platform where you get your podcasts to ensure you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in supporting the production of our show, consider checking out our Patreon. Even a contribution as little as a dollar a month can make a huge difference. Thank you for your support and for joining us in uncovering the hidden chapters of life. And remember, sometimes the most profound stories are the ones we've never heard before.